You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Mission Impossible, Part 2. Enjoy. God, we worship you with all of our heart. Yes, amen. We worship you, God, with all of our heart this morning because you are God. You're perfect in all your ways, and your love is absolutely amazing. And you loved us first. So we're here this morning basking in your presence, and we thank you for meeting every need here according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And I pray for those who are listening to this podcast that every need will be met in their lives. We thank you, God. That's your heart's desire. You are the one who implored us to ask and invited us to come and to embrace this God life. And we thank you, God, for your heart towards us. There's nothing between us and you anymore. You've brought us in close, and we're walking with you through each day of our lives, seeing your glorious plan unfold. And we thank you for your will, abundant life, done in our lives, just as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God, you're so good. Wow, is he amazing. Wow, is he something. Oh, my. Just run out of words to describe his amazingness. God, we love you so much. Hallelujah. You know, his disciples, they really didn't know a whole lot about God at all when they met Jesus. They just knew their tradition and what they'd been told. But when, G- when God was, was walking with them, man, it was a whole, whole new way of living. God was in the flesh standing before them. And, and he, in one place in Matthew chapter 6, he began to share with them um, an attitude of prayer. And he said, when you pray, speak to God as your Father, our Father. Right? First, so our whole mindset with God is as the one who begot us, the one who gave us new life, the one that we come from. We're born of him, it says in John the, uh, chapter 1, to, to them who believe on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we, we approach God, we, we walk with him, we think of him in this way. He's our Father, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Lift up and magnified, exalted, made, uh, made glorious is your name. And then he said something very powerful. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? In earth, right? As it is in heaven. In earth as it is in heaven. Now, man's religion has taken that and say, well, that's going to happen, you know, after Jesus comes, whenever that is. But he was talking about right now. He was talking about right now. In fact, after that, he anointed his disciples in Matthew chapter 10. And he, he said, go and preach the, 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 the kingdom of God, I believe he said, kingdom of heaven. I think it is. Let me just turn there real quick in Matthew chapter 10. So he, he, he gave them this attitude of prayer that, that they were to be focused on God's kingdom yes. and God's will happening yes. in the lives of men and women. And then in chapter 10, yeah, he says, go and preach saying the kingdom of heaven is coming some unknown day. No, no. no the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. 
Well, what does that mean, Jesus? Let's let Jesus define that, not man's theology. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, heal the sick. That's the kingdom of heaven. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's the kingdom of heaven. Do you know dead are being raised today? All around the world in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that good? Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Well, we started a new series last week, and it's entitled... You got it. Where's my jams? There we go. All right. And it's called? Mission Impossible. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> Anybody ever seen the 1966 TV series, Mission Impossible? Yeah, the movie is. Yeah. Oh, it's playing here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God is good. Yeah, that's right. But we want you to know at Highway Church, God did the impossible for you. He did the impossible for you. And in fact, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did. <laughs> How did he do it? By sending his own son. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 says, For with God nothing will be impossible. So during this series, we're encouraging one another in the reality that God did the impossible for you. So do you have anything in your life that man says is impossible? Right? Well, with God nothing is impossible. With man, a lot of things are impossible. There are things man does not have answers to. And they're doing their best to try and figure things out. But, you know, it's always going to fall short. Life was never meant to be lived separate from God. We were made to walk with him, to be his sons and daughters, to show forth his life in the earth as his ambassadors. So we're talking about what God did for us through Christ. And not only what God did for us through Christ in this series, but what God has empowered us to do in Christ. All right? That's what we're talking about at Highway Church in Mission Impossible, the Mission Impossible series. And we, we're going to talk about some things that just might be really shocking to you. And we started last Sunday. So please listen to the podcast if you didn't get a chance to hear it. We looked at the words of Jesus. And man, they're shocking if you're not in an intimate relationship with him. Because, you know, people can tend to get... Uh, t tend to get um, static or stuck in their ways because they end up putting their faith in the way they've done things in the past or in their religious tradition instead of in the living Christ. And so instead of being fresh and vibrant and growing, they become kind of cold and hard. But that's not us at Highway Church. We're fresh, we're vibrant, we're growing because we're connected with the living Christ. We've got our minds stayed on the living Christ. We've got our minds on him. And, you know, so we, so we don't base what we believe about God on a religious tradition. I had a whole bunch of that growing up. And I found very little of it was accurate. 
right? We don't base what we believe on our life experience, on what we've been through. There are a lot of things going on in the world that aren't God's will at all. Jesus taught us that very clearly. He taught us to pray for his will to be done. We wouldn't need to pray for it to be done in the earth if it was automatically done, right? That would be an unnecessary prayer. And you know, Jesus never wasted a word, right? Every word that came out of his mouth was straight from the heart of the Father. So instead of basing what we believe on religious tradition or on our life experience, we have purposed in our hearts at Highway Church to base what we, we believe on the person of Jesus Christ as revealed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. i turn my stand so I stop kicking it. On the real Jesus, I like to say it that way. And, and it's, it's kind of fun to, to, to get to know the real Jesus. Mm, yes. <laughs> it's exciting because you'll find that the real Jesus is shockingly different than maybe the picture, the religious picture that, that, that man's tradition has given you of Jesus. And as you get to know this alive Jesus, this Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts Jesus, your eyes start to be opened. And there are things that you used to accept in your life, things that you used to tolerate that you won't tolerate anymore, things you won't accept anymore. You'll say, no more. I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. It changes us. And how do we get to, how do we have this vibrant relationship with the real Jesus? It's very simple. We believe him. Man tries to add a thousand things to that. But when Jesus was asked that question in John chapter 6, what must we do to do the works of God? He didn't pull out 20 volumes of doctrine. He said, believe. Believe on the one whom he sent. Right? So that's what we do. We take Jesus at his word. We believe him, and we went through a bunch of scriptures, a bunch of Jesus last Sunday. Make sure you get those scriptures and just keep them fresh in your heart. And we're like Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.23. We don't just want to talk about this stuff. We want to experience it. We don't get together to just talk about Jesus. We're partakers of Christ, right? This life that God has called us to live, we're living it. We're living it now. The life that Christ came to give us is a life of now. What did Jesus say to Martha and Mary? I am the resurrection and the life. He, this life is now. It's not some unknown someday. The things that God has called you to do now is the time. Today is the day. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so let's keep going here with our series. We said in this series, we're going to see that what God did by sending his son, he defeated Satan. He defeated sin. He defeated sickness. He defeated lack. And we're going to look at all those, not today. We're going to start with defeating Satan. All right, Jesus defeated Satan. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for you so that you can walk in victory over Satan's schemes against you. Do you know that Satan has schemes against you? There's only two things he can do because he's been whipped. He can try and deceive you, and he can accuse you, all right? Now, he can't accuse you before God the Father. He can't do that anymore because Jesus has presented the blood, the Holy of Holies. It's a whole different place than the Old Testament. 
but he can accuse you to you, right? He can try and, and, and shake your confidence and your faith. So he can either try and deceive you or try and confuse you, try and accuse you, which causes confusion. But let's look at Jesus defeating Satan. So here's Jesus, this covert government agent from the government of heaven. Do you know he was on a secret mission? It wasn't a secret to us, but it was a secret to Satan. The, he, Satan didn't know how God was going to redeem us. We're going to look at that in the scriptures. So let's go to Romans chapter 16. So Jesus was undercover in a sense. He came to earth as a man. He laid down his glory. I mean, if he would have came to earth as God, right? But he could, that wouldn't have worked. Man needed redeemed. God didn't need redeemed. Man need redeemed. So he came as a man, and Satan could figure out how God was going to redeem us through him. So in verse uh, 25 of Romans 16, it says, Now to him who is able to establish you. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a comfort? Yeah. God is able to make you strong and establish you. The Phillips New Testament says, uh, to him who is able to set you on your feet as his own sons. Amen. Amen. <laughs> to them who believe, he gave the power to become the children, the sons of God. Amen. So now to him who is able to establish you according to my good news, that's what gospel means, right? We dereligified that word for you. My good news and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So how are we established in God's will for our lives? Through the good news, the preaching of Jesus Christ. What is that? Who Christ is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. That's our foundation here at Highway Church. That's the essence of our relationship with him. Who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. And you're established in that by hearing about that. So we endeavor every chance we get to, to, pro, to give you those things to, so that you're hearing that regularly at Highway Church. Now, no one's perfect. We're not perfect. No message you hear is perfect from man, right? We make mistakes. But our goal, our focus, our, our endeavor is to give to you that good news every time we gather, whether it's here or at our homes and get-togethers, so that you will be established in who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Let's keep reading. A preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, mm -hmm. which has been kept secret mm -hmm. for long ages past. All right, but now is manifested. Amen. It's not a secret anymore. Amen. The devil knows all about it now. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations leading to obedience of faith. Let's look at that same verse, verse 25 in the Amplified. Because the secret, the mystery he's talking about is the plan of redemption. That was a secret. Satan couldn't figure it out. You know how many times he tried to kill Jesus, right? Didn't want him to be born. He was born. Tried to kill every, every male child, uh, two and under, right? Several times he tried to take him out. Couldn't, couldn't get him. Couldn't figure this out. So according to the revelation, the unveiling of the mystery of the plan of redemption, which was kept in silence and secret for long ages, 
but now is disclosed. That's the opposite of being closed, right? Disclosed is open. It's open now. And through the prophetic scriptures is made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to win them to obedience to the faith. So we see that God wants to establish us in our redemption. Right? He wants us to be established in the redemption that he's provided for us through Christ. Now, why was this kept secret from Satan? Well, we're going to look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I love God's strategy to redeem us. It's so powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why was the plan of redemption kept secret from, from, from the princes of darkness? Verse 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Why is God's love for you a mystery to Satan? Because he doesn't understand why God loves you, right? According to Satan, you sinned and you deserve death. But according to the law of the spirit of life, you sin, but Jesus paid for your sins, so now you deserve life <laughs> because of Jesus, see? We deserve it not because of what we did, but because of what he did. And Satan can't handle that. doesn't make sense to his wicked heart. But grace doesn't make sense to the wicked hearts, right? All right. Even the, so let's see. But we speak the wisdom of God in a, ministry, in, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto whose glory? Our glory. God wants you to be glorified. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to do well. Can it be? Yeah, of course he does. You know, if he didn't, he would be insecure. And man's religion makes God out to be a really kind of an insecure person, an insecure being. Like, I don't want them to do too well because they might forget me or, or you know, or they, they might supersede me. <laughs> right? How silly. He's the Lord of glory. And when you're confident in who you are and when you have an abundant supply of resources, you want to lift others up. Amen. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, we know that just as people. Right. When, when you've got an abundant of resources, you don't mind having 50 people over for dinner. No. Right? You say, bring your friends. Well, God's got a, a, a little bit more than an abundance of resources, right? <laughs> he wants to have more than 50 people over for dinner, doesn't he? <laughs> Let's keep reading which none of the princes of this world. Is he talking about Prince Charles? Who's he talking about there? Well, Jesus said that Satan is the prince of this world. He's talking about spirits of darkness, right? Principalities. None of them knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> Wow, did he fool them, huh? Wow, he, he totally fooled them. They thought they had him. Yeah, I, can, I can just imagine how happy Satan was when Jesus was arrested. It's like, we got him. And they're shouting, crucify him. And they just tortured him. They marred him more than any man, and he's standing in front of Pilate, and they're shouting, crucify him. He's high-fiving you know, all of his principalities. They're saying, we've got him. We've got him. He's, go he's carrying his cross. He's on the way to Golgotha. They're going to pound nails into his hands and into his feet. He's bleeding. He's, we've, we won. We won. 
And, you know, he felt that way for about three days. He was so happy on Friday, but devastated on Sunday. Hallelujah. So they wouldn't have done that had they known. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Man didn't come up with this plan of redemption. This was God's initiative. God mapped this thing out. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. God. Boy, that's so good. So in this plan of redemption, God, through his son Jesus, he redeemed us from sin, and he took back the authority that Satan stole from Adam, and he's delegated it back to us. So we're going to look at those two things. He redeemed us from sin, and he took back the authority that Satan stole from Adam, and he delegated it back to us. Let's just start with the redemption being redeemed from sin. All right, we'll see how far we get. We're not in a hurry, right? We're not in a hurry. We're, we like to just let the Holy Spirit strengthen and encourage us, unveil Jesus more to us. We want more Jesus in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for unveiling more of Christ to us this morning. Thank you for showing us more of Jesus, more of Jesus in every home, in every marriage, in every family, more of you, Lord. Thank you for it right now. We're not leaving here today the same as when we come in. We thank you. We're leaving here stronger. We're leaving here with more of you revealed in us, more of your glory in our lives, more of your strength, more of your joy, more of your victory. And we thank you for it. So he redeemed us from sin. Well, if you're going to appreciate your redemption from sin, it'd be good to know what sin is. Right? right? right. Do you know the world doesn't know what sin is? <laughs> you want to hear something shocking? Most Christians don't know what sin is. <laughs> I'm serious. In fact, if I were to ask a, a, a believer, well, what is sin? They'd probably say something like, well, adultery, murder, lying. But you know what? Those are actually the results of sin. Right. Did you know that? Yeah. The results of sin. Well, what's sin? Well, I like the Greek word that's used in the New Testament for sin. Do you know what it means? It means to miss the mark and so not to share in the prize. In fact, it's a term that was uh, taken from the sport of archery. And it literally refers to missing the gold in the center of the target. <laughs> That's what sin means. Well, what mark did we miss then? Let's look at this mark that we missed way back in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. So sin is missing the mark. And that's what God's redeemed us from. Let's look at this mark. It's good to know what we missed. This will help you. So in Genesis chapter 1, in verses 26 through 28, we were given the mark that we were made to live in, to nail, 
to hit every time. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. That's the mark. <laughs> Why does he say our? We serve one God in three persons, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Here's the mark. Let's make man in our image. Did someone petition God to do this? No. Did like they go around and, and get a thousand signatures so God would do this? No. This was his heart. This was his initiative. No one had to coax him into doing this. He wanted you in his image. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. It's a good thing to say while you're fishing, right? I've got dominion. Come to my hook now. And over the fowl of the air and over the cattle. I'm going to look, some, look for some good barbecue in Nashville. Over the cattle, right? Over all the earth. This is the mark. Over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. How, what did Satan enter to speak to Adam and Eve? It's a snake. It was a creeping thing, right? I've given you dominion over all creeping things, over Satan himself. This is the mark. Verse 27, so God, of his own initiative, without any petition from any committee, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female. Created he them. That's the mark. Not done yet. Verse 28. And God blessed them. What does it mean to be blessed? To be happy, to be prosperous, to be successful. God empowered them and said to them, be. That's empowerment, right? right? Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. What is it with, with God and dominion? Right. This is who he is. He doesn't know any other way to be. He's God. And if you're made in his image, dominion is a part of your nature. Not to, 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 to rule over people, but to rule over the spirits of darkness. Dominion goes with, with, with being in the family. We've got dominion over the fish, over the fowl, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So the mark is his image. The mark is the life that he created us to live. It's living this God life. And that's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, uh, in the message translation, embrace this God life. In the Greek, it says, have the faith of God. In Matthew six thirty three, in the message, he said, steep your life in God reality. God initiative, God provisions. In John 10.10, 10, he said, I came that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. I came that you might hit the mark. Right. I came that you might live the life that God purposed you to live. And in John 14.6, he said, I am the life. I am the mark. Right? He's the firstborn among many brothers. We're to be doing and living the life that he lived, right? Well, how did we miss this mark? 
How do we deviate from the, from the image of God, from the mark that, that he purposed us to live? What happened? Well, if, if knowing Christ and doing the works of God is through believing, well, sin is through, the way we, through what we believe. In other words, we deviated from the mark by believing things about God and ourselves that weren't true. By wrong believing. Believing's huge. Right. What we believe determines the quality of our lives, determines uh, our, our, our intimacy with Christ. God's empowered us that way, that our faith is important. We're going to see that here yeah. as we go forward. So yes. we, we miss the mark when we begin to believe things about God and about ourselves that aren't true. And, and we will con you can't live the life that God has for you if you're believing things about him and about yourself that aren't true. Now, have you ever noticed that Adam and Eve didn't commit adultery? They didn't murder anyone. Their son did, but they didn't, you know. But, but they, they sinned. What happened there? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, well, for time's sake, we won't read it, but you'll see verses 1 through 6. What did Satan do? He came to them in the form of a certain serpent, and he began to, to tell them things about God and themselves that weren't true. Right? Isn't that what he did? Why? He wanted them to miss the mark. What did he tell them about God? That God's insecure. He doesn't want you to eat of that tree because he knows you're going to be like him and you'll probably take over, right? God is keeping something back from you. And they believed him, right? And something happens when you choose to believe something. It activates something inside of us. I don't understand how that all works, but it does. Faith is a, is a life thing. So when I choose to believe that I'm defeated, I will be defeated in life. When I choose to believe that it's over for me or there's no way out or, or this thing that, I, that, that someone diagnosed me with, is, I'm destined to live that, with it. When I choose to believe that, that's going to be what I live with. But if I choose to believe that Christ is greater, that what God provided for me through Christ trumps any diagnosis of man, Things begin to change. So we, they, they missed the mark when they began to believe that God was trying to keep things from them, that God was insecure. They were already made in his image. God's, he made them just to be like him. In the express image, some translations have. Some say the exact likeness, right? God's not insecure about that. He'll always be God. No one can take his throne away, right? So what was the result of that? What was the result of them believing wrong things about God and wrong things about themselves? They were separated from the mark. They were separated from his image. They were separated from the life he called them to live. Missing the mark brings death. That's what Romans chapter 6 says, right? Verse 23, for the wages of sin of missing the mark of separating yourself from God and the life he's, he's purposed you to live is death. Well, what's the solution? 
wrong believing separated us from him and the life he's called us to live. Boy, I'll tell you. So the solution is to change what we believe. That's right. Right? I mean, now we see why Jesus put so much emphasis on what we believe. That's right. right? Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. Mark eleven twenty two. Right? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be, be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Wow. He told the centurion, he was amazed at the centurion, not for his military record, but for his believing. He said, I haven't found anyone that believes like him even in Israel. He said, go, it will be done for you just as you believed it would. He said to the two blind men who came to him, he said, what do you want me to do for you? They said, we want to receive our sight. He said, be it done to you according to your faith. Wow. So believing is huge with Jesus. The, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. In other words, she chose to believe that if she could touch Jesus, this condition that, that, she, that she spent all her money on and was diagnosed with would leave her body and her body would be made whole. She chose to believe that. We have the free will to choose what we believe about God and about ourselves. And that's what brings us into the life that he has for us. We choose to believe that he is who he says he is. He is the Lord, our shepherd. Therefore, we shall not lack. He is the Lord, our righteousness. Therefore, there's no condemnation for us. He is the Lord, our healer. Therefore, we are made whole by the stripes that wounded Jesus. We choose to believe who he is and who he has declared himself to be. So two things had to happen. Because if we, right, right believing alone would not redeem us. First, blood had to be shed. All right? Well, let's look at this. So in order for us to, to get back into the life that God had for us, that he purposed us to live way back in Genesis, blood had to be shed. Okay? Let's look at this in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. So two things had to happen. Blood, blood had to be shed, and then we had to change what we believe about God and about ourselves. So blood, blood, why did blood have to be shed? And this is something that, that really is not understood in our modern culture. But the, the Scriptures teach us this very clearly. Leviticus 17, verse 11. For the life of a creature is in the blood. Well, we know that, Right? And I've given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Now, the New Living Translation, that same verse, verse 11, says it this way. For the life of the body is in the blood. I've given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given, exchange, given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Do you know we see this in the garden after Adam and Eve fell? What did God do? He, 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 he killed animals. He sacrificed animals and clothed them with animal skins, shedding of blood. Okay, so sin cannot be redeemed 
apart from the shedding of blood. Hebrews explains this to us in Hebrews chapter 9. We can take a look at that, verse 22. This is from the Amplified. In fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. Wow. So what have we been redeemed from? The, the, the um, guilt of sin and the punishment of sin, right? The blood of Christ. Next chapter of Hebrews chapter 10 explains it more in-depthly. It says, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are, that are sanctified. Can it be? See, See that, that was a, a major change from the old covenant. They had to continue presenting offerings regularly. But Jesus was the last offering, right? He was the Lamb of God. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Verse 15, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities I will call to mind every morning when they wake up. But Satan does that, doesn't he? See, Christians try and they figure that if I can stop sinning, I'll be righteous. If I can just stop sinning, if I can just uh, sin less. But the, the problem with that is you, you can't stop sinning by focusing on sin. You, you're empowered to live a holy life by focusing on Christ Amen. and the righteousness he has provided for us through his sacrifice. So don't let Satan do that when you wake up in the morning. He'll call to mind the mistakes you've made and the sins you've made. But God the Father, he says their sins and iniquities he remembers no more. So if he's not going to remember them anymore, it's not going to do you any good to remember them. How about we do that starting today? Every sin you've ever committed, gone. Over. Never going to think of it again. How that would change your life. Wow. Now, if we've done wrong to someone, we make it right with them to the best that we can, right? We, in terms of our relationship with people, there may be some repercussions, some things we've got to do to make it right with them. But in terms of our standing with God and our confidence before him, right, We're no more. We don't remember him anymore. The past is behind us forever. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. God says so. Now where remission, verse 18, wiping out of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Wow. So it doesn't, that, that's how I was trained. I was made to, to, as I grew up, to believe that I had to bring some kind of offering to God for my wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a slap in the face, isn't it? How, how, that's a demeaning of the sacrifice of Christ. That I can add something to that? That God gave his perfect son for me and I'm going to bring my little acts of repentance to atone for my sin? No way. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sin, ever. God did it through Christ. And so many people have been trapped into that thinking that they've got to atone for their sins by, by trying to live 
some kind of code of conduct. It doesn't work. Verse 18, no more offering for sin. Verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness. We're bold people. We are bold people. Boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, a way that was not possible before Jesus. This is a brand new living way. It's not a hard written in stone way. It's a living flesh Heart of, heart of flesh way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. There it is. See? And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Wow. That is so good. So God did it, right? God God shed the blood of his son so that your sins could be wiped out forever. And it was so effective that God doesn't remember them anymore. Wow. I, I, I like to keep things clean. I was in the Navy, and I, going through basic training, we had to do a lot of cleaning. And I like to get good cleaning products, you know. Like, I like that... Uh, one product I spray in the shower, man, it just knocks that mold right out of there, keeps it clean, and I like that stuff. And, you know, m- there's something in us we want to be clean. It's in all of us because we were made to be clean. Talking about our hearts. Yeah. But our little solutions, our little products we purchase through religion don't work. You can spray all the religious sacraments you want on your heart, and it's not going to clean it. And I get frustrated when I buy a product that doesn't work well. I want my money back. And that's how I felt when I started reading the words of Jesus. I want my money back. All those years I spent doing the things that man told me I had to do, and it didn't clean my heart. And I got my money back too, boy. I put my faith in Jesus, and I've got a clean heart. Woo! Hallelujah. So God did his part, right? Two parts for redemption. The blood had to be shed. And now we've got to change what we believe. So we believed on Jesus, right? We put our faith in Christ, which now credited everything that God did for us through Jesus to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. So this is what we believe now. We've changed what we believe. We don't go with man's, man's solutions to, to holiness anymore. We believe that there is therefore now no condemnation for us. Why? Because we're goody two-shoes? No, because of what Christ Jesus did. We're in Christ now, right? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You see, I, I used to be steeped in sin. I grew up in a, in a home that didn't know Jesus, didn't read the Bible. I got into alcohol as a young man and, 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 and all kinds of, of junk. And when I came to know Christ as a young man, 
I didn't consciously say to myself, uh, okay, I've got to stop doing this, 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 and this. I just absolutely was completely captivated by Jesus. And what I'm saying is this, if you'll just throw yourself, give all that you are to Christ, the, the stuff that used to hold you back and bind you will just start falling away. And all that stuff that was bound, the alcohol and all the junk that went with it fell away. And I, and I was completely set free from it in short order without consciously trying to stop doing it. That's what man wants you to do. Well, you've got to stop doing this. You gotta, so they get you to focus on what you're doing wrong. Focus on how you've missed the mark. Well, if I focus on how I missed the mark, I'm not going to be able to hit the target, right? Because I missed Right? Why should I focus on my miss? I need to focus on the gold in the center of the target. Jesus is the gold in the center of the target. For what the law was powerless to do, just like man's efforts to make himself right, it's powerless. That, I, that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did. Let's say that. God did. God did it. He did it by sending his own son. So why are we trying to do it? In the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. Not man. Right. He condemned sin in sinful man. So as ambassadors of Christ, we don't go around condemning man. Right? We don't go around condemning people even though they're living in sin. We present Christ to them so they can be set free. We want to show them the mark. We want them to see the gold in our hearts, right? To see the gold mark right here so they can look at Jesus and be set free from that thing. They know how to miss. They've been doing it their whole lives. They need to see the mark. Hallelujah. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Fully met in us? Is that possible? Not with man, with God. He did it. God did it. Who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Verse 9 tells us in the same chapter that you are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. Do you say that about yourself when Satan tries to condemn you or accuse you? If I'm tempted in any area of my life, I, I say, I, I don't walk in, this, in the flesh, I walk in the Spirit. I'm dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it's amazing how weak that temptation gets. Amazing. And I just keep right on walking as if it wasn't even there. See? It's new life. Last scripture, and then we'll be done. Second Corinthians chapter 5. So we're, we're all about now changing the way we think, right? We want to believe right things about God and right things about ourselves because we want, we, we, we want to experience our redemption, right? The blood's been shed. God did his part. Now we're doing our part. We're changing our thinking. We're grabbing a hold of this reality of what Jesus did. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. So this is what we believe. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. But, what if, but he did this and he did that. And what about that? No, that's what we think. We don't think that way anymore. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That word's a powerful word. It means a species that never existed before. A new creation. God did it. He made you new. Old things gone behind us. Behold, all things have become new, verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He did it. 
and hath given to us the same ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. What? Not imputing their trespasses. You notice Jesus didn't go around telling people they were sinners. He had a woman caught in adultery at his feet. And what did he tell her? You lousy failure. You sinner. How dare you come close to me? Get away. No, he says, he says go and sin no more. That's all. Right? No condemnation. Isn't that something? If anyone deserved to condemn her, it would have been hey. Right? The religious people wanted to stone her. But he said, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. And they had to walk away like a dog with a tail between their legs, right? Because Jesus is Lord. Reconciling the world, not imputing trespass against them, and hath committed us as this ministry of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah, the gold, the center of the target, the image, the mark. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for who? Who else could it be? It wasn't for himself, right? right. He made him to be sin for us. He right. did what he did, not to establish a religion. He did it for us, right? For the neighbor that lives across your street. He did it for him and for them. Who knew he did it for them? He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that's what we believe. We believe that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we don't ever accept any thought contrary to that. That's our standing with God, and it is sure, because Jesus did it. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.